Smart Freight is back with another episode of their Parcel Insights podcast, bringing you actionable information on shipping, warehousing and e-commerce. Past episodes are available on your favourite podcast platform. I'm Chloe Thomas, best-selling author, host of the award-winning e-commerce Masterplan podcast, and it's lovely to have been invited by Smart Freight to be the host of a few episodes of their show. In this episode, we're diving into an area of e-commerce that consumers always put high on their reasons for not buying from a website, but that often gets neglected by retailers and supply chain partners. We're revealing what customers want from your shipping experience, including sharing some insights from Smart Freight's new ebook, What Do Customers Want from Their Shipping Experience, which is available in the Smart Freight Resources section at smartfreight.com forward slash resources. To discuss this hot topic, I'm joined by three experts. First up, we have Gavin Warwick, head of sales at Smart Freight, who's been helping retailers get their products to their customers for over a decade. Hello, Gavin. Hello, Chloe. Our next two experts are both from Root Optimization Specialist, Max Optra. We've got Tim McCarthy, who's their sales manager. Hello, Tim. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me. And we've got Implementation Specialist, Chris Ford. Hello, Chris. Hi, Chloe. So everyone should now know who everybody is. We are going to start with a big topic that most retailers and most people are exploring right now, and that is sustainability. Often we, as I think both consumers and as businesses, get hung up on the packaging. But there's a lot more than that that we can do to reduce the environmental impact of our deliveries. Right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. I think without doubt, the hot topic this year and for maybe the next couple of years is is sustainability. And um, I think it's fair to say sustainability in the supply chain it's definitely more than um, just deliveries. Um, it's, it can encompass you know, inbound mo- modes of transport, your fulfillment, packaging, and obviously last mile delivery choices. And that's what obviously we're looking at. As, as we look at sustainability, we're looking at electrical vehicles uh, coming into commercial fleets, carbon offsetting, tree planting, and that's by both I suppose, carriers and the brands, but also other services such as you know, delivering to parcel lockers uh, or parcel shops. And you know this thing has been, I suppose, been looked at by by partial carriers for quite some time. And that is anything that increases the first time delivery success rate, whether that be accurate addressing um, or delivery options. Um, so the list, look, there's a, there's a long list of things which uh, people are looking at to to improve sustainability. And I think increasingly as well, it's it's in the uh, distribution centres themselves, so locations, um, and you know a lot of Big companies have big sheds, and in those big sheds, you can put solar panels and roofs. You can look at rainwater harvesting, recycling programs, and those are all accessible benefits that I think most companies can bring to bear. So it's not just delivery aspects. It's it's a bigger picture than that. It's kind of endless, isn't it, really, what what could be done? And Gavin, you've just given us a really good run through of, I guess, the more physical aspects of it. Um, Tim, Chris, from, obviously you guys are in uh, the world of route optimization, which there must be a lot of sustainability benefits from that. Yeah, we help lots of customers um, reduce their CO2 by simply planning their vehicles um, more effectively. Um, And therefore, they can get out with vehicles that have more deliveries as they leave the depot. They go into concentrated areas 
you know, their time has all been pre-planned with traffic considerations, et cetera. So they're avoiding those uh, populated or condensed areas. And, and that, you know, is a huge impact. And that can be done just through, through software. So that's something that's quite accessible to businesses straight away. And then similarly, you know, for those businesses who perhaps don't have their own fleet, um, and when we're talking about sustainability, I think, you know, they can look at the, the courier networks and 3PLs and make choices to work with those uh, companies who do have, you know, electric vehicles or even bicycle networks when you're talking about city centers and choosing those carriers to sort of um, pass on the deliveries. And then, you know, there might be an additional cost to those services because of the nature of, of, of that type of uh, delivery. But then, you know, there's always the option to pass that cost back onto the customer because consumers want to make those um, better eco choices these days. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it, that in survey after survey, consumers seem to be saying they're happy to wait longer to pay more for a greener, more sustainable delivery. Obviously, there is always a gap between what we say we'll do and what we actually do. So uh, are any of you hearing from your clients that that the the end user, the consumer, is happy to wait longer and to, to spend more to get the greener option? I think in some cases, the answer is yes. But it's certainly not always the case. Uh, for sure, as like I often say, look, consumers are selfish. And what may suit them one day may not suit them the next. So where it does suit them and, and there's no impact negatively on that consumer, yes, of course, they will choose a sustainable option. But there will be occasions whereby they want something here now and they're happy to pay for it coming in an expensive mode in a dirty diesel vehicle that, you know, that suits them at that moment in time. So, yes, consumers are, are, are selfish and they will amend their choices depending on what they're looking for at any given moment in time. So, Gavin, that's the, the wonderful answer, which is always so true in marketing. It depends. <laughs> um, Chris, Tim, how, what are you guys finding with your clients? I definitely see there has been an increase over the last few years. Um, but I just mirror what Gavin says. It all depends, from, from my perspective, what the goods are you're delivering and how soon that customer wants it. And if it if it's you know if it's my address for my wife, she's going out tonight. She wants it today. She'll pay whatever to get it here today. Whereas if it's something for me, she'll happily click the eco one, pay extra, but have it in a week's time. I love that example, Chris. That's brilliant. <laughs> it all depends on who it's for. If it's for me, it's fast. If it's for you, I'll wait. Over time, we've seen delivery to consumers move from you know two or three days to uh, next day delivery to next day time delivery to increasingly now same day delivery in in you know big urban areas. Um, and actually. You know, as we've moved through that cycle from three days through to next day, you can argue the point that, you know, that's been less environmentally friendly. But now we're actually in the same day delivery from uh, more local distribution centers in an urban environment. It gives greater scope for more sustainable delivery. So those companies with a DC in a large urban area can actually use electric vehicles more readily. They can use bicycle couriers and the like more readily. So in some respects, we're actually ticking both uh, the, the increased consumer service and, and options on the one hand, but also improving that sustainability at the same time. 
Well, Gavin, you're leading us very nicely there into our second topic, which is the impact of shipping on the decision to purchase. Because the power of shipping to improve your business starts before the order is even placed, because consumers are picking the retailers to buy from that give them the choice and control over their deliveries that they want before they even place the order. But as we've just been discussing, every customer seems to want something different. In fact, the same customer might want something different tomorrow than they do today. So just how many shipping options should we be giving our customers? That's a really interesting one. And um, something I've been hearing more of recently from my prospects and customers um, is you know, giving back on, on the e e-checkout or checkout experience, um, some sort of delivery time slot options so that the customer can then see, you know, in the week ahead, what options do I have? And from those options, can I pick a, you know, now or soonest option? Do I have a free option and do I have an eco option as well? And I think actually the power of three is quite a powerful thing um, used in lots of other traditionally in marketing and sales, all these other things. It gives customers choices um, and then they can obviously make make those decisions based on on, on what the outcome they're looking to achieve might be but um it, yeah it's definitely something we're hearing a lot more of and something that, that consumers are getting more you know aware of therefore will make buying choices based on those options being available so are we we saying then that you need to work out what your customers want rather than just give them 20 options yeah i think i think that's one way of looking at it um, you know, you wouldn't want to overload the customer with multiple options um, because then you, know, you might confuse them through the process and then that thought might have a negative effect as well. Um, so I think it's giving them concise choices uh, down perhaps those three channels, which is, you know, premium, free or near near or free or, or, or economical um, seems to be a, a route that lots of com- companies are looking to go down. And um, Gavin, should every retailer have a free option? I think more than likely they... They will, yes. I mean, there's no doubt that, that shipping options and costs are a significant factor uh, in whether a consumer places an order. So consumers want choice. They want to be sure that their you know, their purchase uh, can get them as conveniently as possible, whatever that means for, for them, and also in, as inexpensively as possible. So merchants need to um, offer a range of delivery services and have different price points as well as alternatives, I think, such as partial shops and lockers. And inevitably, it's the, it's the standard or deferred delivery option that will be offered as free. And if retailers are offering uh, free delivery, then they, they want to ensure that they're offering it uh, at the least cost to them. And there's, like, there's the solutions out there that can do that for them. Uh, you know, software solutions that allows them to route an order with uh, you know, the most economically advantageous uh, carrier and, and service. Excellent. Okay. Our final topic is what happens in flight? What happens to the purchase between the order being placed and it getting into the hands of the customer, which is a make or break moment in customer satisfaction and a brilliant opportunity to impress a new customer as well. So post-purchase, there's now a lot a retailer can do to continue giving the customer visibility and a feeling of control between placing their order and it arriving. What's the bare minimum a retailer should offer? Yeah, I think bare minimum wise, they should be able to send a tracking link. Um, so we've got visibility over estimated ETA, where my password is right now, you know, what time I'm going to need to be in by. But the other thing for me is I love the opportunity to be able to leave a comment, leave a note. So if I'm not going to be in 
and leave it with this neighbor and not that neighbor or leave it in my shed and so that bare minimum wise they would be the two things i'd be looking for um, and i hear that from my customers as well that's what they want to be able to do is give their their clients the opportunity to get that information keep it visible and it just gives that customer the reassurance and I think to add a little bit more to, to Chris's point there, I think it can go down one or two routes. You either have a proactive customer communication or a reactive. And I think in the minimum, as Chris has mentioned there, the proactive, which is where a customer reaches out to a brand to get the the status of a of a delivery, is like a you know uh, some sort of uh, portal or some sort of widget that there's a link that they can go and access that information. But just as important is the businesses and brands being reactively sending information you know, updates via SMS, via email, via social channels these days to let them know that, you know, perhaps the time has changed or something's, you know, adjusted as part of their ETA. Uh, I think that's also just as important and probably will be a, a minimum moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I could, you know, I agree with everything you're saying there, um, guys. I think, you know, the customer experience is, is critical and, and that's for repeat business. So, if we can't, if you can't give positive customer experience, then you're going to struggle with repeat business. Uh, and for me, in, in sort of our space, keeping uh, the, the consumer informed of the delivery cycle is, is critically important. And also, that you know, it does vary by carrier as well. So there's, there's lots of scope out there with carriers. Some do it really, really well, and some maybe not quite so well. And in-flight options for consumers are, are important, again, helping carriers hit that you know, first-time delivery success rate. So being able to offer options in flight such as you know change of address um, uh, delivering to a, a parcel shop or parcel locker you know these sorts of things help both the consumer as well as the um, the carrier and actually just I suppose a little anecdote on that particular one I actually got a delivery uh, a couple of weeks ago from a company and um, as part of their in-flight messaging I was I was informed that if I diverted to a parcel shop, that this would um, save ninety percent of the CO two footprint for that particular delivery. So I was being, I suppose, guilt tripped into something that suited the carrier <laughs> under the auspices of sustainability. So I thought that was that was that was quite a good um, marketing ploy on their behalf uh, on a number of levels. You cynic, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Uh, well, look, um, thank you to our experts for this episode. Gavin from Smart Freight. Thank you, Gavin. You're welcome. And Tim from Max Optra. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Chloe. And of course, Chris from Max Optra as well. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, Harry. Our experts have just taken us through some of the key areas you should be thinking about for improving the shopping experience in your business. The delivery experience provides a huge opportunity to improve the conversion rate of new customers and wow them so you can turn them into repeat buyers and referrers. Done right, it will also streamline your business processes and potentially even reduce your costs. We've only covered three aspects of this. To get more insights on these and explore several more areas, you should grab your free copy of Smart Freight's new ebook, What Do Customers Want from Their Shipping Experience, which is available in the Smart Freight Resources section at smartfreight.com forward slash resources. I hope you enjoyed and were informed by this installment of Smart Freight's Parcel Insights podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode on things expanding warehouses can do to scale parcel shipping. 
Please visit smartfreight.com forward slash resources for more Parcel Insight blogs, ebooks, and webinars. There you can also book a demo if you would like to see how brighter shipping software can improve your Parcel performance.